Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's the tax man. He may not be a superhero, but Tony Morrow has saved many retirement plans with his nearly superhuman knowledge of tax planning strategies. It's time for Plan with the Tax Man. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of Playing with the Tax Man with Tony Morrow. Mark and I, Mark and I, I am Mark. Mark and Tony here talking about <laughs> investing, finance, and retirement. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well, thank you. Better than me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all messed up today. Uh, everything been going okay so far? It's been going good. You know, we're in the throes of tax season, so yeah, it's yeah. a very busy time, but... And you know, it's been interesting every year, so I didn't like it's a surprise. Right, right. And it's certainly been an interesting few weeks with everything going on between campaign stuff and financial stuff with uh, coronavirus stuff. And there's been lots of things going on over the last couple of weeks. But I'm going to focus uh, right now here on a news uh, article I saw. I want to ask you about this, that uh, Bloomberg, obviously one of the, the gents uh, running, uh, has stated that unlike, uh, I guess, our cur- I guess I guess the point is he's kind of poking fun at the current president, maybe, that he'll sell off all his financial data and media company if he was to win and become elected. It's worth estimated, I guess, around $60 billion. My big question is, not from a political standpoint, but how many buyers could there be for such a thing? Maybe Disney, yeah, they buy everything. <laughs> uh, that, that's right. It, it would have to be somebody, uh, a big company, to buy something like like that from him because his his wealth, if you ever, ever looked at him, uh, like maybe some people were looking at uh, our current president, uh, you know, he, he's into a lot of things and it would have to be a large, large company somebody like, uh, you know, say an AT&T General Electric, right, somebody right. like that, you know, somebody, somebody huge. Maybe it'll be one of these tech companies, who knows, you know, uh, uh, Google and, and uh, Amazon. I mean, some of these companies got and are sitting on large, large piles of cash, not probably that much, but it would have to be somebody like that. But it is interesting, yeah, that they're kind of going back and forth, you know, to so-called billionaires on, uh, obviously, he's making fun of the president a little bit. He'd be willing right. to give up all his stuff right, right. versus, you know, what's happening now. Yeah, now you kind of can't help but see the jab in there, but at the same yeah. time, yeah, I mean, sixty billion—that's uh, a pretty hefty price tag. So it would have to be uh, definitely the right suitor, I'm sure. So definitely uh, would. Yeah. We'll we'll see how that all plays out as the year goes along. Obviously, it's just in March right now, so plenty of time to go. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we'll see how things rock and roll. But for our conversation today, Tony, our main portion of our podcast, I want to talk about the stages of retirement planning and. What I've done is I've kind of broken them down into a couple of categories. And basically, let's just assume for the sake of the argument and for the podcast today that people are retiring at the age of 65. Let's just call, you know, that's the number we all kind of associate anyway. So let's use that as our median number and say, let's talk through some stages. So stage one being those folks who, like myself, are about 15 years away or so from retirement. Maybe you're right around 50. Maybe you're 49, 50, 51. And uh, what are some main financial things, some things we should start to focus on if we're in this, uh, I guess, preliminary stage, stage one, if you will, of thinking about retirement planning 15 years out? Yeah, 15 years out. And I'm, I'm there right there with you. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think about it myself and, you know, and my brother who just turned 50, it's like a switch went off with him. And all of a sudden, you know, he's thinking about this more as well. So that seems to be kind of the age, you know, 15 years or so out. But I, I think there, there's a number of things we could talk about here, but a few of them, basically, I mean, for me, you know, one of the most important things is getting out of and staying out of debt. 
and trying to eliminate as much of that as you can in these next 15 years so that you can not have those pressures you have when you're younger of, you know, I've got to pay all these bills. Uh, and, and it makes it a lot easier to live on less if you don't have all that debt. That would be the, the number one, I would say. Number two is, is you've got to start thinking about what you want at the end in forms of, you know, different income streams and what you are going to have. And this is where the planning starts to come in. You can't wait till the last day to do this. You've got to kind of start planning on, here's where I'm at now. Here's where I want to be. And am I going to have enough? And if not, how am I going to fix that? And then that opens up a whole new conversation, but that would be something else. And then the last thing would be, this is probably the last time, especially in today's market, that you want to be increasing your risk in your portfolio. If anything, you want to start if you haven't already, uh, you know, getting your diversification intact and starting to take a little bit less risk, you know, uh, for these ne- next 15 years. Not I'm saying you have to go all the way all the cash or anything like that, but certainly need to take a look at that and your appetite for that as you get a little closer. Right. Now, I think that's a good idea. So 15 years out, you're really kind of in that beginning stage. You're starting to think about it. I think those are some good bullet points you gave us there, Tony, to start kind of considering. So let's move it into stage two and say, okay, well, maybe we find ourselves now at the 10-year window. Okay. So maybe we're 55, 56, somewhere in that neighborhood. We're starting to amp this up. Give us some bullet points, some ideas to start uh, ticking this thing closer. Yeah. So a couple of things we can do, you know, right off the bat, and this is easily obtainable is to get a statement, not only from social security as to what your potential benefit will be at 65, maybe 67, 70, finding out what your full retirement age will be for them because they have increased it for us a little bit and doing the same thing with any pensions that you might have. Not as many people have the old fashioned pensions, but if you do, you know, you want to get a, a rough estimate of what your monthly benefit will be there. I think another thing too, is you got to start thinking about, because I know I will be, is okay, when do I really want to call it quits? You know, is it going to be 65? Is it going to be 70? Maybe I continue to work. Again, big picture stuff, but you need to start narrowing it down a little bit. And that would be something to think about. And then last is because it's all based on, I think for me, again, this is, it's close to home because I want to know, you know, what people want to do in retirement. Because for me, it's not going to be the same as you or somebody else, but that's what it's all about for me is what, what I actually want to do. And am I going to have enough money to do that or not? Right, right. Yeah. And everybody, of course, everybody is different, but you are starting to pull these things together. You know, you're starting to determine or maybe getting closer and have an idea of where you want to retire, how you want to retire. You know, what do you want it to look like? What are you wanting to do? You know, so a lot of those things. I mean, hopefully you've been thinking about that all along, but I think it starts to naturally, right? It starts to ramp up in our mind as we get closer. We start to have more conversations over dinner with our spouse and daydream, maybe if you will, of things you want to do and so on and so forth. So all this kind of ticks up and ticks forward. Uh, But then we start to get to the five-year window. Now, hopefully by now, we have actually started taking action on many of these items, hopefully anyway. But either way, let's talk about five years out. Now, let's just, for the sake of the argument, we're 60 and it's right around the corner. Maybe 62 is looking better. Maybe it's 65. Maybe at 67, whatever the case is, but what are some of the more serious things to consider here? Yeah. So now we're starting to get into a little more of a tighter funnel here, you know, cause we're, we're starting to come closer to the end. And I think for a lot of people, it, it's important to, just like you said, is to think about, okay, you know, what, what are we going to do for that date? What are we going to kind of pencil in, if you will, uh-huh. uh, as to at least when we're going to start. The other thing I think if you haven't already, 
you really need to take a serious look and not have a lot of your retirement assets tied up, maybe in equities. Now, I'm not saying, again, move everything, but you should be working with someone to assure that, you know, your portfolio or nest egg is well diversified and not taking the risks like a 25-year-old would be, you know, looking for growth because you don't have the time to make up those potential losses if they should occur. And then I think last probably is, again, trying to get a tighter number on what streams of income are going to come in and how much because you're getting close now and you want to firm up some of these numbers that you've been talking about over the last uh, five years or so. Right, right. And, you know, when you're in that five-year window, Tony, you know, it's often referred to as the retirement red zone or the financial red zone or whatever. You know, you really, hopefully you're working with an advisor at this point. Now, it's never it's never too late, right? It's one of those things where you don't, you know, you don't want to give somebody the impression to say, well, you know, well, you've waited till five years out. Oh, well, tough noogies, right? Yeah. You can still come There's in. There's always some things. Always some sure. things you can be doing, but hopefully you've been addressing some of these ahead of time and working with an advisor is going to help you go through these different stages. And and I think the stages will, obviously, if you even started with an advisor 15 years out, the level of working with them, it's going to slowly kind of amp up as well, right? As you're moving through this and getting closer, the uh, the activity between you two should be increasing as well. Or am I off there? No, I think I think you're exactly right. We work mostly and have the most contact with our pre-retirees and retirees because of the stage that they're at. You know, in the growth stage, you know, you're yes, you're monitoring the plan and making some small changes, but that's you know pretty much it. And as goals change, adjusting. But retirees, it, it becomes a whole different thing because you've got to make sure that you've got enough income coming in, make sure your taxes are paid and all this other stuff. So, yeah. And so, okay, so we've hit all these, we've hit these windows, right? The 10, the, or the 15, the 10, the five, excuse me. So now, Tony, we're, it's the big day, right? It's we're on day. the day of retirement. What are the absolute essential things that we should have and need to have figured out at this point? Well, at this point, hopefully you've covered everything that we just talked about and you have you know, your income sources in place, you know what they are. And then I think an important add on is if they have never been taxed, make sure, you know, that your taxes are being withheld or your taxes are being paid. So you don't have a surprise come tax time that you, uh, you know, owe a large tax bill. And then you need to have a a really good grasp. And and a lot of people don't because they've never done it as to what you know, our monthly expenses are going to be, our, our, our monthly budget. What are we spending that we have to spend money on? And then what's the fun stuff? Another thing is, is even though you are in retirement, I still think there's a need for some sort of emergency fund. It doesn't need to be maybe to the extent of when during your earning years, okay, right? but you know, just something in case something happens. Uh, so you've got some reserves. So you're not wondering and, and maybe getting into debt to, you know, replace something or something like that. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then on the investment side, you know, you can't, and I see it all the time on, on the tax side of our business, you know, retirees come in and they have a handful of CDs and, you know, they're getting 1.1% <laughs> right. and they're wondering why they don't have enough income. I mean, so you got to have something that's going to, at least with part of your money to outpace inflation. Right. No, I definitely, and I'll go back to the market drop a couple of weeks ago, Tony. Uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I guess at this point, mm-hmm. the, the first big day, uh, I was thinking about it from a standpoint of, uh, I was having a conversation with someone and they're talking about the diversification. So in 2019, it was a, it was a good year, right? I mean, you have people Great. overall 2019 that ended up well. And there were a lot of people saying that the average was somewhere between, you know, 25, 30%, right? And yep. you have different people. I've heard folks saying, well, I didn't make 30% and I was upset with my advisor for it. And it's like, well, a lot of that had to do with probably how you're allocated based on your risk tolerance, 
where you're at in life. Like the people that were making 30%, that was mostly, if I'm not mistaken, all large cap, which is going to put you in a, in a different risk category. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is what you do every day. But that's the whole purpose of an advisor is to mitigate some of that. So if you were making 10, 12, 15, 17, you still were having a good year. That was based on the fact of your, you know, your risk tolerance. Now, in a case like where the market's been dropping due to the coronavirus, you're probably not losing as much as the 3% or the exactly. 4% because again, you're diversified. Am, am I right in that? No, you're, you're right on on it. Yes. Because as the markets have chugged up over the last four or five years, you know, everybody's now thinking that no matter what their risk tolerance is, they should be, you know, getting anywhere, you know, 15, 20%. I mean, some think higher. And, you know, what I'm telling them, because I, I have had a couple of clients, uh, they're, they're pre-retirement, but they said the same thing. Hey, you know, the market's up X, but we only got X. And I'm quick to remind them that, hey, it's because here's the way we're, you know, invested based on your risk tolerance and your nearness to retirement. We can't afford to take those risks, you know, and if you want to take those risks, I can make it very easy for you. You know, we'll go out and we'll just basically drop everything and we'll buy an, an ETF in a uh, S&P fund and you'll get the returns of the market, but you're also going to get the losses when they happen as well. Right. And right. Uh, so sometimes, you know, I have to try to correct what I call and I tell them, you know, what I, f- I feel like is irrational thinking that if you're basically using an advisor to outperform the market, I think you're going to be disappointed in all cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah. that doesn't mean we're, we're bad. It just means that, you know, we're out there trying to uh, you know, devise a portfolio that is going to work for you and your risk tolerance. Right, yeah. right. Kind of weathering multiple storms. Yeah, the downside. And I think that's where, of course, we've talked many times on the podcast, the greed factor that we all possess. And there's nothing, you know, that make you a bad person, right? You, you go, no, man, no. I, want to, I want to make 30% too. But if you're 60, chasing 30%, you know, is probably not the best idea in, in last year's market or whatever in case of something like this. And if you th- want to kind of use the conversation about the market downturn so far early this year, we had multiple 10% drops in 19, yet it still finished up almost 30%. Still finished up. Right. Yeah. So you just don't know until as the year plays out. That's why investing is a long-term proposition, right? Long-term proposition. In fact, I just had a funny story. I had a client, he just emailed me two days ago. Okay. And he's a client that isn't involved too much in this portfolio, but he started listing off all these points that have been happening the last three weeks. So, you know, and he gets it from the news. Of course. Of right. course, the internet. You know, and he, he pointed to China and the coronavirus, and maybe we should get out of any investments that hold anything over there and the economy, all the way down to, you know, if. Uh, the Democratic president becomes president, you know, there's going to be a market correction. And I said, well, you're watching way too much. Of this, you know, <laughs> we're long term here. I mean, you're I said, this has always happened. It may not be these points, but there's always something going right, on. And the right. markets could be turbulent over the next six, eight months. But in the end, over time, you have to view it as as long term, number one. But as you get closer to retirement, to our points, you can't be in that whirlwind. Yeah. of trying to chase those types of returns. No, I think that's a great point. Well, I want to wrap us up here with our stages of retirement. So we went through 15, 10, and 5, and we also hit the big day of actual retirement. And of course, the great thing about a podcast, folks, is if you're listening to us and we tend to sometimes veer off target, kind of like we did just a second ago, but I think there's some <laughs> good points in there. You can always go back and re-listen to it. You can pause, rewind, all those kinds of things. And of course, subscribe to the podcast so that you always uh, get new episodes when they come out. And you can listen to past episodes by going to your planningpros.com. That's yourplanningpros.com. But we've hit retirement. We went, I guess, like I said, 15, 10, 5, the big day we retire. That's it, right, Tony? We're done. There's nothing else to think about after you retire with a retirement plan on the day you retire. 
Well, I would say no. I, no. I you know because <laughs> right. you, you, you could live you know anywhere from uh, from zero to thirty years from retirement, right? Depending on when you go and, and your longevity. So it should I be a living document, things. right? It should it should flow and change with you through retirement. Now you need to think about post retirement. Yes, and and this is an important area because again, a lot of retirees could spend uh, ten to fifteen twenty years in this stage, which is is right. a long time, and things change. I think a couple things they need to think about is rising health costs and medical uh, expenses and how that's going to affect their monthly cash flow number 1 but number 2 is is it's that that real grim reaper that everybody thinks about and and it isn't death it's the dreaded nursing home and right you know, right about the possibility of ending up there and losing all your money everybody says that you know everybody comes in and says well maybe I should take this out of my name now and and do this with it and I always ask them why and it's always because they are afraid that they're going to lose it if they go in a nursing home. So I think there needs to be some planning around that. Really, that probably should have been done about 10, 15 years earlier and not at this point because generally there's not a ton of options there. But I think there's that. I think there's the fact of, you know, facing that there's going to be an end for all of us and, and making sure that, you know, your end and, and your legacy is carried out like you want it. And I think the other thing is, is trying to get your assets, depending on where they're at, so their transition to the next generation as smoothly as possible and definitely the most efficient tax way possible. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the optimized way, because there are some mistakes that people make mm-hmm. and then their heirs end up paying more taxes than they should. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And of course, you you know, you could see our episode, our, our uh, podcast on um we just had not too long ago on some of that. We covered that topic. And of course, the yes. new the new um, elimination of the stretch IRA within the SECURE Act also changes how you're going to try to leave money uh, to your heirs in a tax-efficient way and all that kind of stuff. So there's definitely a lot more planning that has to go involved. So the idea of, again, stages of retirement planning, uh, there's multiple stages you may find yourself in, whether you're in stage one and you're 15 years away like I am, or you're in stage two, you're 10 years away, or you're five years away, or you're getting close, or even after retirement, they're still planning that needs to be done to make sure that we're being as efficient and hopefully, uh, you know, smooth as we can try to keep it anyway. That's yeah. the idea. There's always going to be something going on, but you want to try to keep it as smooth as we can through retirement because God willing, you're not going to be retired for just a couple of years and you're going to be retired right. for many years nowadays, possibly 40. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> so, you know, it's pretty crazy when you think about that. So versus our parents or our grandparents. So that's going to do it for our main show here on Plan with the Tax Man with Tony Morrow. But before we go, I want to ask Tony something a little fun here, a little getting to know you. Since it is tax season, I know this gets to be your hectic time. What do you do to kind of chill out, remove some stress, uh, and work your way through this hectic, busy uh, month or two? Sure. It is stressful, but I think everybody deals with stress. And it is a more serious thing than I used to give it credit for. But now that I get a little older, right, you know, yeah. I, I see people having some health problems and and different things. And so very mindful of it, uh, you know, during, not only during the day, but I'll tell you what I, what I like to do. I do something at the start of the day and believe it or not, I actually pay for a journal that I actually, you know, kind of journal my day and what I'm going to try to accomplish, Really, what's going to okay. make it a good day. And then, and then of course, try to get some exercise in it. And for me, that works, you know, and I had to actually pay for that. You think I could just write that down on my own, but I have that. I like it. So that's what I uh, aspire to do. But to relieve my stress, really, I like to get away and tune out. I, I don't, I'm not a big TV watcher, but I do like to read and I do like to do some yoga because for me, that's, you know, I, I struggle so much with it just to um, maintain those little poses that I, I, you know, I have to it's shut tough, everything else out. It? Yeah. 
you know. Some of those are pretty complicated. I started doing that as well myself. I have some back injuries and uh, it's actually really helpful. It is. It is just, but I, I'd say to people, you got to find something works for you and don't think that stress isn't real because right. I, I think it is definitely real. No, it's absolutely. And it causes so many hidden things. And I think we've we've gotten much better as a society and as a people understanding uh, how stress affects us through the years versus, you know, like, again, like even our parents or our grandparents. So certainly uh, beneficial there. So good to hear that everybody takes the time or we should be taking the time to de-stress once in a while. Well, folks, there you go. That's going to do it for this week, uh, this episode on Plan with the Tax Man. If you have questions about what stage of retirement planning you might be in or you need some help getting through those stages, whether you've gotten this uh, through an email blast from Tony or uh, you've gone to the website or you subscribe to it on whatever uh, platform we have Apple or Google or Spotify or Stitcher you know definitely reach out and have a conversation with them they are Des Moines professional alternative at Tax Doctor Inc you want to always talk with a professional about your specific situation before you take action because again we're talking in generalities here on the podcast for a wide audience so uh, if you want to talk about the stage you might find yourself in whether you're 15 years away or 10 years away or 5 years away give them a call get on the counter have a chat at 844 844- 707-7381. That's 844-707-7381. Or go to yourplanningpros.com. That's yourplanningpros.com. Tony's been helping families in the area for more than 23 years. He's an EA and a CFP. And my friend, thanks for your time, buddy. I hope you have a great week. All right, you take care. We'll talk to you next time. We'll see you next time in a couple of weeks on more with Plan with the Tax Man with Tony Morrow. Securities offered through Avantax Investment Services, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Avantax Advisory Services. Insurance services offered through Avantax Insurance Agency.